Hello, this is NY Bill. And this is Windigo. And this is a really long overdue HPR episode. <laughs> that it is. We've been talking about this for over a year. Yeah, so, I think we discussed it on the way back from Northeast Linux Fest last year. Yeah, after we ran into all the HPR guys down there, we were we were ready to do one, but mm -hmm. I've had one planned forever. It never got off the ground. I, I played with Audacity lately. I had to learn my way around Audacity a little bit, and I learned how to mix tracks down and take out noise, and then I realized, oh, there's no excuse now not to do an HPR, so <laughs> here we go. Yeah, I've been trying to monkey around with that program a little bit myself, but um, I'm definitely still a novice, so if anybody has any feedback, we're going to be talking about uh, our contact details at the end of the show. Mm. Okay. So I, I tried to do on my own how I found Linux, and it bombed horribly. And I, I realized, like, I've known you for over three years now, and I've never asked you how you found Linux. Uh, the origin story. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I thought maybe we could just bounce off each other, and it would come out much better than me just uh, monotoning into my recorder. How did you get into computers in the first place? How did I get into computers? Um, well, thousands of years ago. <laughs> um, now, I our first computer was... Uh, was delivered to our household when I was in fifth grade. It was an old 486, a whopping 50 megahertz. It um, it had, I think, eight megabytes of RAM after an upgrade. <laughs> oh, man. I, I got you beat by about 20 years on this, I think. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So that was, it was Windows 3.1. Um, and I broke that and fixed it more times than I can, I can count. So, so that was a family computer. Yeah, well, it was a family computer, but um, I was a pretty domineering fifth grader and ended up kind of taking over the thing because I was the only person who knew how to use it. So what what was your first machine? The VIC-20. That was uh, early 80s, back with the tape, tape, <laughs> the tape drive. It, oh, man, I remember uh, I had this game, like Temple of... Temple of Apache or something like that. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it was like it was like a D and D type game. It was like a net net hack type. Of, you know, it's just like text. I think they changed out the character set, but you're just basically like moving little letters around and shooting arrows. But it was three tapes, and I remember this one time. I I just got it for like my birthday or something. I want to try the game. It says tape in the drive and press play, and I'm sitting there for like a half an hour. <laughs> and you know it's it's like a 40 minute tape i went out i cut the fr the front half of the lawn i came back in put in tape two <laughs> the side of the lawn put in tape three i did the back of the lawn so that was yeah vic 20 with a tape drive and already into the D, &D games oh yeah that 77 that's when they came out that's that was my era <laughs> no I was, I was a kid i was a kid then so that vic 20 lasted like eight months and it it did a blue screen on me oh and then i went on to commodore 64s i went through three of those and two of them blue screened on me i realized like six years later i was playing these things on the rug i'd be like marathon oh, game sessions the shag the, rug yeah the, oh. the vents are on the bottom so mm -hmm. i was just like cooking the video chip <laughs> yeah my, my first computer computer was after college i didn't have a computer in college oh we had a unix lab though down in the basement they didn't lock the door, so I got in there, <laughs> <laughs> and somehow I got an account. So I used to, I just used to fool around with Linux, uh, Linux computers. 
That's where I learned like most of the commands. That's awesome. So you actually like you were a breaking and entering Unix hacker. Yeah. Well, I was breaking and entering noob. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I could have been trashing the disks. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I was just poking around. Yeah. So there was some poor sysadmin at your college saying, what the hell is going wrong with all our machines? Yeah. <laughs> There's a chimp in the machines. Ah. Yeah. No, I, I walked into the lab and I sat down and like I pressed on the terminal and a login prompt came in and I said to the guy next to me, you know, how do I get into this? And he just kind of just went, go ask that guy right over there. It was like out through the glass. And I went over, I, I said, that guy right there said, I need to see you about getting an account. And he just shrugged his shoulders. He went in the other room, came out, gave me bill and a password. And for the rest of my time at college, I could just fool around with those Linux computers. Or Unix, Unix. Nice. Oh, so you were into Unix way before I was then. I um, The first time I encountered any non-Windows operating system was in high school. I had a... I had a friend who had a web server, and I was always a web guy. Um, I always kind of took to the the web stuff through video games, actually. It's strange how video games seem to prompt all of our computer experiences. Yeah, that's, that's me, too. Yeah, I maintained a website based on this old-school RPG that I could, um, I could play on that 486, because we actually had that up until 1998. It was, it was terrible. But I could play this one RPG on it, and I said, oh, well, this is great. I, as soon as I got online, I, uh, I hopped into the community and started up a fan page. And one of the problems with that was you were always having to find web space because you needed to host your files somewhere. And in the 90s, the, the web was just starting out, and the free web hosts were um, kind of fly-by-night agencies. They'd start up, they'd shut down. So I was... I was always looking for some free space. And one of my friends in high school said, oh, well, if you need a web host, I run a server at my house. And I said, oh, really? So I took him up on his offer, got some web space, and it turns out that he was, I think he was running an old Fedora installation and started talking to me about Linux. All right, nice. Yeah, so I, I got into that a little bit. Maybe it was Fedora. I'm not sure. It might have been pre-Fedora. That, that might be my first distro, too, you were a Red Hat guy? After uh, college, I got a 386. That's the first the first computer I bought like for my my first PC. 25 megahertz like with 120 1 mega RAM, 128 megabyte hard drive and it was it was $2200. <laughs> Doesn't that seem like insane these days? It's a shame we can't return them now. Yeah, right? Why is this still <laughs> worth that? Mhm. But always like enjoyed computers. I've been geeky, so I'm out in a, I think it was a Barnes and Noble, and I saw a magazine that said Linux on it, and it sounded like Unix. Oh. It, sound, it sounded like that old uh, Unix lab I was in. So I start flipping through, and I start recognizing some of the commands, and that got me initially like started looking into Linux. Really? So that was, yeah, that was probably 94-ish, 95. That's ironic. That's when I got the first 486, so, mm. so, so you predate me by quite a bit. I didn't get a running distro up. <laughs> this is just, that was my initial interest in it. Yeah, that's awesome. I kept track on, you know, just reading up on Linux when I could. And then in, remember CompUSAs? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think they're all gone now, but. Yep, they're computer retail stores in the U.S. Were they early 90s or? Actually, I still have a CPU fan on the, that I bought in a, in a CompUSA. So it wasn't that long ago. And I think they closed down maybe about eight years ago, seven years ago. But. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I was in there like a long time ago, 
and they had box sets. I think it was Red Hat, and next to it was a green box. I don't, I don't think Seuss was out back then. Maybe Slackware or something. This was, this was a while back, like '98-ish. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of different older Linux distributions that have have died out a little bit, but. Mm. Someone just brought one to the lug, uh, like Yagracel or something. It was like, oh. it was like 20, 20 letters long. <laughs> That that was an old one. Really, I've yeah I've heard of uh, I heard Vector Linux used to be very big. Um, I don't know too many of them. They were all way before my time, unfortunately. Hmm. Well, I got the I got that box set at CompUSA and the the manual in it was like the size of a phone book, <laughs> and then it just had a couple like A discs. So I did way back then try and get a, a Linux box going on an old 386, but I never got past the command. I couldn't get X up. Uh... But back then that was like. If you got X running, you you were there. You climbed the mountain. <laughs> I heard it was like you had to manually write all the xorg dot configs and stuff. And then like warnings everywhere. If you if you go out of bounds, you're gonna ruin your monitor. Things like that. Oh yeah, they didn't have any of the monitor modes preset, so you could set it to anything and fry your hardware. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so there you are back when computers used to cost a thousand bucks a piece, and you can fry your hardware playing with this. Yikes. I I did not get into that the scene quite that early. Well, that was just my initial figuring out that oh, there's a Linux out there, and this is different than Windows, and it's Unixy, and I want to know more about this. So I, I just that's that that piqued my interest early on. I think what got me interested the most was that it wasn't Microsoft because I came in much 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 later. This was like very early 2000s, like 2000 2001, when I was in high school. And since I was a web developer, as soon as you learned how you were supposed to program a website, you developed this fierce, burning hatred of Microsoft due to <laughs> all of the IE stuff. There was there's no no end to the frustration that you you ran into when trying to get pages to work in in IE five or four. Even it was uh, it was painful. I've I've never developed anything for the web. Well, I did this one little cheesy like hand-coded HTML thing back back in the days I'm talking about those 90s but uh but Mrs. NY Bill she has to put applications online and she comes home complaining like that like she <laughs> runs she runs she runs whatever she ran like through Firefox it's fine through this it's fine she puts it in IE and it spits out a bunch of garbage yes it's getting much better at this point with the newer versions of IE they're starting to catch up but the fact is they're starting to catch up this was IE6 was out for like six or seven years, I think, and it was just the worst experience ever trying to make the thing show a page. When I heard about this Linux thing, it it made a dent, but I didn't try it until like the first year of college when I downloaded a Nopix CD. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was my first introduction to Linux, and so I didn't have the X problems. I got I got the first graphical boot on hard any hardware kind of Linux going. Um, uh, with this Nopix CD, I'd bring it to the networking lab, put it in the uh, the lab machines, and I'd take notes on it instead of using their Windows installation. Cool. So that was the first experience I had with Linux, and there were supposedly ways you could install it. So I grabbed an old PC and tried it, but I couldn't get it to install on anything. So I never had Nopix running on a system. So I ended up trying Debian. Yeah, I downloaded a Debian CD. Got this old clunker piece of hardware, um, put a hard drive in it. This happened to me too. Really? No, not. I'm, I'm saying that you said old clunker hardware, and this this reminded me of something. Like, 
all my install, my early installs, I would do on old clunker hardware, and I think that was like half the problem was you're trying to hack something that's a little bit newer into this old piece of crap. And... <laughs> Unsupported hardware, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, not at all. So I was, I got this old PC, downloaded a Debian CD, and uh, ran through the installer, hit a lot of questions I did not understand and was not prepared for. So I, I fought through the installer, rebooted a couple times, gave it another try, and finally I got it installed. And, you know, moment of triumph, bells and horns going off everywhere, <laughs> and uh, I was left at the shell. I was like, huh, well, that's interesting. Did, did X come up? No. I don't think I installed a, I don't think I installed X even. I didn't know what I was doing, so I just installed the base system and was left at bash. <laughs> so I said, "Well, that's that's interesting." And uh tried typing a bunch of stuff and eventually help showed me the bash help <laughs> with a bunch of bash scripting hints, I guess. And uh, I said, "Oh, well, that's good." And didn't load it again cuz I couldn't do anything. But after that, I, I found a Linux journal in in a bookstore, and it came with a CD with Mandrake on it. Okay. I don't think I've ever run Mandrake. That was the first distro I got up and running on hardware permanently, and I used it for years. Oh, nice. And uh, I actually found the CD recently, so if you want to borrow it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Reminisce. Yeah, it, it came on an ins installation DVD, and that was the first system I actually used. So what was was Red Hat Red Hat you got running with the GUI and everything? What no, no, I didn't. That the box set I didn't get running with the GUI. Oh, that was the one. Like I'd read that phone book and <laughs> trying to trying to figure <laughs> out what to do. It, it turns out I was talking. Somehow I mentioned Linux to a friend, and a friend of a friend, you know, his friend, just like his ears perked up and he turns around. And he goes Linux. So this was like <laughs> probably ninety eight ish. He goes, I run Linux. I go, oh, really? Because I'm trying to get it going, and blah, 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 and one thing leads to another. And he goes, well, why don't you come to my dorm sometime, and I'll show you Linux running, and if you need any help. And I'm like, oh, yeah, great. I didn't know the guy. but So I go over. He shows me Linux. He shows me X running back when X used to – the cursor used to actually be an X. Do you remember that? <laughs> so there was no Windows Manager. It was just X. I can probably narrow this this time period down. His wallpaper was Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> so that, that should – when was that? Probably 98-ish. Yeah. Anyways. It's like in TV shows when they play theme songs from the uh, the period that they're in. Mm. <laughs> so he uh, like showed me around a working system, and then he goes, uh, oh, I also run a server. So he took me over to his college, and he showed me his server, and he used to let me, you know, if he was around and I said, hey, you know, I want to, can I come over? I'd go over to their lab, and I was able to poke around on his server. He gave me an account and everything. So I was I was there like uh, FTPing out and you know I could telnet out and I could... so then I said uh, is there any way I can do this from home and he gives me like a little look and he goes maybe <laughs> so <laughs> I this this was a different time then hacking was okay back then we found a number in the college that was in an office that would pick up to a modem <laughs> and put me on the network and nobody was ever in that office. So. <laughs> So from home, I... He wasn't thinking, I wonder if I have SSH installed. He was thinking, I wonder where I can get a phone line. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I had a number. I could call up this college. It would, from home, and get on their network and then hop into his server. 
and that's where I that's where I was just saying I made like a my own little web page like just hand coded some HTML. This was back in the '90s, so of course I had uh, flashing fonts. Oh, <laughs> the blink tag. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Had blinking back then. One thing led to another, and with with his help and just continuing to hack around on it, I got I finally got like X up. But being the gamer that I was, I it was always like off in the corner of you know I'd hack on it once in a while, but I was always like on a Windows Windows box gaming. Yeah. So I had a little had a little pause in my Linux in between there. <laughs> yeah, same here actually. Valve was the worst influence on my Linux career ever. Mine was probably uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Ah, uh, an id game then. Yeah, we used to set up servers and like friends, you know, have knife only fights and things like that. <laughs> So I didn't get back into Linux, like, back into Linux full-time till probably 2004-ish. The first one was simply Mepis. It was a Debian-based. This is when I, like, started giving up on Windows and, all right, I'm going to use Linux full-time. And then it was all the early Ubuntus. I used a lot of those. Always Debian-based things for me. Which is funny, since you started out on Red Hat. Yeah, well, I didn't... I didn't know I wasn't an RPM guy back then. <laughs> Not to say anything bad about it. You know, I don't know. It's just something about Debian clicks with the way. It's, everything's where my brain thinks it should be. And it just kind of fits. Since then, it's it's just been Linux full-time. I do confess I still keep a gaming cart partition, but... <laughs> That's, I'm, yeah, I have a Windows box sitting behind me. It's off at the moment, but if I ever do need to hop back into Team Fortress 2 or something... Yep, that stopped me from running Linux full-time for a little while, but a couple of years ago, I want to say 2006, I started listening to Lug Radio, actually. That got my interest back up into Linux, and like you said, Ubuntu was starting to come out, and everything worked a little bit better each version, so I'd install it on a partition, and I'd fool around with it for a little while, and then I'd go back to Windows. And then the next version would come out, and I'd install it and then fool around a little bit longer. And I think it was 7.10 that it supported enough of my hardware, including my wireless card so I could get the internet, that I, I moved over full-time, and that was my primary operating system. Yeah, wireless used to be a pain for, for a while. Yep. You get, you get a Broadcom chip that's... I, I, re, I remember buying network cards, and I had to dig through the shelf looking for a specific version because that had a chip in it that was supported, and, and and the 90% of the other boxes all around it, which said they were the same card, none of them supported it. Yep, that's I had the same the same experience with my wireless card. I couldn't, I could see wireless networks, but I couldn't connect, which was horribly frustrating. But but yes, yeah, with 710, it it finally kicked in. But there's always that that little bit of Linux that doesn't quite work. It's it's when I started. It was the wireless cards, and I guess I guess when you started, it was probably the X configuration stuff, where you could you could do it and it, it works, but it has a chance of blowing up your hardware. Keep a fire extinguisher nearby. Exactly, and afterwards, it seems like sound was the culprit for quite a while. No, no, it wasn't sound. Sound happened later, but it was Flash. It took you know, it took a small team of MIT researchers to get Flash installed on a Linux system. And still it hogs most of the memory. <laughs> yeah, now we don't want it, now that we've got it working. I remember, uh, were you around in the AOL days? <laughs> like when AOL was part of the internet, or when we were using Messenger? This is when uh, AOL kind of ruined 
computers for me for a while. Like all, all growing up, when you met someone who had a computer, you knew they were into computers. Like I knew kind of what they were doing. They were loading things into HiMem and yeah, you know, getting their CD drive. And then the <laughs> AOL thing happened, and all of a sudden, like my whole family's on it, and my grandparents and my aunts. Oh, I see what you mean. You see where I'm going? <laughs> computers for the masses instead of the enthusiasts. Yeah, and then like for a long time, I thought like, oh, look, they're finally they're getting into computers like I am. They're they're seeing what they've been missing. <laughs> and really, was what it was was they wanted to send some emails and they wanted me to fix everything. When you know, you become the tech guy. That actually, it actually made me like, uh, what would you say, become reclusive, close up a bit. Yeah, it withdrew yes. you a little. Yeah, so I, I was like very. Uh, you know, you're, you're mentioning podcasts, so I'm, I'm coming around to a point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> takes a while though. I, I just like uh, kind of went up into my little like uh, computer shell, and I felt very isolated. And then one time I'm listening to NPR, and they said, uh, "You can get our show as a podcast." And I didn't know what a podcast was, so I went home. This was probably seven, seven-ish years ago. So I just Googled, you know, podcast. And there, I was never into Macs, and I didn't have a iPod, so I wasn't really sure what it was. And then I figured out what it was, and then I go, Linux podcast. And boom, like they were all there. And I'm like, oh, these are my people. Mm-hmm. These, are where they, these are where they went. These, people, these guys are still around. So that, it, ga- it refreshed, like... Uh, computers for me again what am i trying to say jake <laughs> <laughs> it's that yeah it's that point where um i'm not alone other people think like me too instead yep, of yep. yeah because when when everybody started hopping onto computers and all of a sudden you weren't weird because you had you had a computer and you liked computers um but they didn't they didn't want the same things out of it it's it's not like they were looking oh i can i can mess with highmem.sys that's awesome no, they they were about, you know, I want to look at the cute cat pictures. Yep, yep. The, the, like the mystery and the discovery and the, none of that was there for me. It was like an appliance. Exactly. This, this is the email machine. Mm-hmm. And then again, that's a whole other podcast, really, if you think about it. Which, which is, you mean a whole other HPR episode? Yeah, that would be a whole <laughs> other sub- subject, whether it's a good thing that people almost take computers for granted in that way or if they should be more involved i'm i'm starting to kind of see it like this happening again with the you know a phone as a device and a tablet as a device it's no longer like a computer it's just this thing you get to the cloud with but, yeah. yeah that that is a whole other subject <laughs> <laughs> that's true like when i found a podcast i started getting I, I started getting into the forums and stuff so that led into just like chatting with all you guys online and you know finding out about IRC and it led to going to conventions and actually meeting you guys shaking hands actually you and I found out through forums that we have a local lug and that we live right near each other and now now we've been hanging out since then so there are still geeks around yeah once you find out that that there is somebody else out there hanging out seems like the the next logical step even if they happen to be across the ocean yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've done that too. Actually, uh, <laughs> speaking of steps, logical steps. I just had the laugh. I came back from the lug last time, and me and Acefear, we like we stop at a pub after. Yeah. So we've known Acefear for probably as two and a half years. We just exchanged phone numbers this last <laughs> this last time at the pub. So that's how fast geeks move socially, I guess. Yeah. Let's. 
I, I think we're more open to the different channels of communication as well. So maybe the phone number wasn't that necessary since you'd see them every, or you'd see him every month. You always have the email list. Actually, you have a good point because he just wanted my number to be able to text. He missed an exit and he was late. And he just <laughs> wanted to text. You know, I'll be there in ten minutes. So that's a good point. We were using it technology-wise. Hmm. And that's again, that's another huge subject. For instance, I don't even have my roommate's cell phone number. Oh well. <laughs> and as far as I know, you don't have a cell phone. No, I I have a secretive like old flip phone style emergency phone that I keep in my dashboard, but Yeah, you should have that. Yeah, but I don't have a I don't have a portable communication device. We're we're going to drag into the Android smartphone. Oh, I've got that tablet, but it's terrible. Oh, are you not liking it? It's it just doesn't do enough of what I'd like it to. Mm. Primarily, I'm back to the wireless problem where it won't connect to my local wireless network. It connected at the lug, but still not at home. Yes. Hmm. Yep, still haven't gotten that figured out. Hmm. But we digress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we just got off track. So that kind of covers how we found Linux, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's the story. I guess that does cover just about everything. I don't have much in the way of contact information, but uh, I'm in various forums and IRC sometimes and Identica as NY Bill. If you find a chimpanzee holding a gun for an avatar, you've probably found me. And if you find a chimpanzee holding a gun, give him what he wants. <laughs> Don't mess with... Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm on uh, Identica... Well, StatusNet, I guess. As Windigo. Oh, right. you yeah. made your own status instance. Yeah. We've got our own instance. And there's another HPR episode, I suppose. But um, mm, I can yeah, also be contacted. I'm so excited. I've got this set up specifically for this moment you can reach me at podcast at fragdev.com <laughs> <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> um, I'll have to make sure that email forwards actually working but but yeah I figured that would be a good idea cool so I think we have one in the can I'd say so it's been nice talking to you Bill all right and uh, hopefully we'll do another one soon yeah we'll see all of you in HPR land later okay <laughs> See ya. See ya. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.